0: Of all the companies we've covered on this show, one stands out for its spectacular implosion, WeWork. We covered its failed IPO in 2019 and a raft of colorful stories about its former CEO, Adam Newman, like him smoking pot on a private jet or the personal cold plunge pool in his office. Now, WeWork has a new CEO, Sandeep Mathrani. I sat down with him at the Wall Street Journal's Future of Everything Festival to talk about what it's been like to rein in WeWork's excess and to lead an office space company through a pandemic. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaum. It's Tuesday, May 11th. Coming up on the show... WeWork CEO, Sandeep Mathrani, on the future of work.
1: This episode is brought to you by Volvo Cars. Distractions happen, but there are things that can help you stay focused. Like the fully electric, seven-seater Volvo EX90. It was made to help keep you and those around you on the road safe with LiDAR technology that can see what you sometimes can't, and a two-camera driver understanding system designed to prevent distractions and help you stay focused. Visit volvocars.com slash US to learn more.
0: Sandeep, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So we want to start with the very beginning of your entry into WeWork. Can you tell us the story of when you got the call with someone floating the idea that you could be the next CEO for WeWork?
1: I got a call during the Christmas, to New Year's of 2019 from a headhunter and said, would you meet with Marcelo Cloré?
0: Marcelo Cloré is the chairman of WeWork's board. He wanted to talk to Sandeep about getting involved with the company. And in February of 2020, the offer came to be WeWork's next CEO.
1: We had dinner in New York City. Uh, at the dinner, within about 15 minutes, he said, I'd like you to be CEO. And about 10 seconds later, I said, sure. Why were you so sure? Uh, you know, look, WeWork is the, you know, it's synonymous with flexibility. It's a brand. And someone told you, you know, would you like to turn around Coca-Cola? It's hard to say no. It's going to be my last gig you know, I'm 59, uh, and and uh, I think uh, I think this is it. And you know, if I could do this well and successfully, it would be uh, something that would be wonderful for me as a human being. A good way to fade into the sunset.
0: 59 seems like you could have many more innings. I'm just going to put that out there. But um, <laughs> once you got into WeWork, what did you see as the biggest mistake the company made before you joined, and how did you plan to fix it?
1: So, you know, I obviously did a little bit of homework before I joined, and they were a bloated organization uh, that continued to just grow dramatically, thinking there was no end in sight. And poor real estate decisions uh, that they made uh, with this whole aspect of grow at any cost. So I knew I had to do two things. I had to right-size the organization, and I had to correct the, the real estate mistakes that were made the best you could.
0: Right-sizing a company often means firing people. We'll get to that soon. So, you take this job from Marcelo Clare. You're the CEO of WeWork. You see an bloated organization, and then just weeks after you take the job, COVID hits, and you had to close offices down. What were you thinking at the time?
1: Um you know, I, I would say when I took the job on February 18th and the world shut down on March 14th, at least in the U.S., when I took the job, I said, this is sort of a, not a hard turnaround. And the reason was, the one thing about this company was the revenues continued to grow up. The demand for the space was always there. Occupancy was always high. So the revenue was not the issue. The issue was an upside down cost structure. An upside down cost structure,
0: meaning WeWork was spending more money than it was bringing in.
1: So I said, okay, if I can correct the cost structure, we know we can be profitable very quickly. And then of course, COVID hit. You know, I was a little bit of panic land to be honest with you. I I panicked because I didn't know how sticky the revenue would be. I didn't know my colleagues. I'd only met them for a short period of time and all of a sudden we were gonna go away into our own cocoons and try to work together through Zoom. How would I build trust with my colleagues uh, you know they don't know me. They don't you know don't me as a leader. So how would I communicate with them? So I was very concerned about all those factors. On the flip, okay, to right size the organization was actually easier. Okay, and it was easier because I would have made headlines every day by we work lays off so many people. We work right size of the organization. They would have just been one article after the other, but. You know, I was just one of hundreds of companies doing it. So it was easier to do that without being, having the spotlight on us. And, and second, I, I've now heard, because my colleagues, you know, did a lot of the right sizing, and they felt that the the, the amount of right sizing we did, you know, in all due respect, we, we, we went from 15,000 people to 4,500 people. So this was not an, a little task. Just a note,
0: not all of those people were fired over Zoom, And some were let go before Sandeep took over.
1: And so, ironically, talking to the colleagues who did a lot of this right-sizing, they felt that actually doing it with Google Meets or, or Zoom was actually a lot less emotional. And therefore, they felt it was, you know, I don't want to use the word easier, but it was a lot less emotional.
0: So, in some ways, the pandemic allowed you to shrink the company faster than maybe you had planned on when you took the job?
1: Oh, 100%. It did help what would have taken me two years. We did in the span of eight months.
0: When you came in, former CEO Adam Newman was working as a consultant. How much interaction did you have with him and what was it like? <laughs>
1: um, I actually had no interaction with him in his consulting role, although I will say I communicate with him often. And obviously he created something to disrupt a class of real estate that was not disrupted, which is commercial real estate. And I wanted to learn from him all his learnings. You know, it's easy to look at the things that went wrong, but there were a lot of things that went right. I mean, he created a brand that's synonymous with flexibility. So I did engage with him and speak to him often, and I find that the right approach.
0: What did you talk to him about? What did you learn? And then I want to ask, what are the things that Newman did right that you're trying to preserve?
1: I think one of the things is, you know, he created wonderful work environments. I mean, the spaces are actually very beautiful. They, they encourage creativity. They encourage innovation. It brings people together as collaboration. And if you think about the COVID environment and think about people wanting to come back to work, they want to come back for collaboration, innovation, culture, and, and that's what this, this, the environment that was built encourages amenities, you know, is what people talk about all the time, uh, now in this post COVID environment. So he was ahead of his time in creating this amenitized workspace to bring people together. So there's a lot of right that I'm capitalizing on.
0: Are you still speaking with him regularly?
1: You know, we speak probably every, you know, I would say every couple of weeks or to say hello. You know, uh, sometimes we don't talk any business. Sometimes it's just to, uh, you know, uh, to, to wish someone uh, Shabbat Shalom on a Friday. You know, just <laughs> to say, uh, you know, and, um, and that's it. You know, and sometimes we have a conversation.
0: Sundeep is now trying to do something that Newman failed at, taking WeWork public. But this time around, the company isn't doing a traditional IPO. It's going public through a SPAC or a special purpose acquisition company. That means a company which is already publicly listed, in this case, BoEx Acquisition Corp., will merge with WeWork. Through that deal, WeWork will become a public company without going through the more rigorous IPO process. BoEx chairman Vivek Ranadeve convinced Sundeep to consider this approach.
1: You know, I was pretty vocal at the fact that we were not looking to go public until like got to profitability. Uh, we're pretty vocal that we obviously had enough liquidity to make it to the pandemic and see it to the other side. And effectively, you know, we had an inbound call from a SPAC. And I said, Hey, you know, versus talking to you on the phone, why don't I come and meet you? I'm going to be in California. And so in December of 2020, I actually went to meet him. And the most ironic thing is if we never met face to face, I actually don't think this would have happened. We built instantaneous trust. We told each other our story. We figured out whether this would make sense. WeWork is
0: expected to be valued at $9 billion in the SPAC deal that will close in the coming months. After the break, how WeWork CEO sees the future of work. This episode is brought to you by Canva. It's time to ditch your old presentation programs at work and try Canva presentations instead. It'll help you create stunning slides in no time. No design experience needed. Just start with one of the designer-made templates or generate something in seconds with AI. Then polish it up and get ready to wow your audience. It's that easy. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Design for work. Tap the banner to learn more. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow. Everyone's talking about AI. Everyone. But where do you start? How can it actually help your business? The ServiceNow platform brings intelligence into every corner of your company. So every person, every system, every process, everything works better. Put AI to work. Tap the banner or go to servicenow.com slash genai to see how. All right. I want to kind of shift topics a little bit and turn to the future of work or really office work. And I know WeWork will play a a role in that future. But before we kind of talk about WeWork's role, can you describe how office work is going to change?
1: You know, I I will say that whatever we thought about a year ago was different than what we thought about six months ago. It is different today today. It's going to be different six months from today, and it's going to be different a year from today. And this is top of mind, right? I mean, every CEO is talking about what does it mean.
0: And CEOs are taking different approaches. J.P. Morgan Chase has a message for its employees. Get ready to come back to the office as early as the summer. Other Wall Street banks aren't far behind. But tech companies? Some are already saying remote work could be permanent. Twitter employees now have the chance to work from home forever. Google today said it now expects 20 percent of its employees will work from home after its offices reopen later this year. Other companies are looking for flexibility. That means WeWork, which has been offering flexible office space for years, can be in the middle of the conversation.
1: The words flexibility come to mind all the time. The words hybrid come to mind with every company all the time. But one thing we've seen is there is a common node. No one is saying they don't want to go to work. They're saying, I want to go to work two or three days a week. I want to work for my my place, whatever my place is, my comfort zone, a day or two a week. And I'd like to work from home a day a week. And effectively, it's also pretty obvious those who are uberly engaged with the company want to go to the office, two-thirds of the time at least. Those who are least engaged are very comfortable working from home. So it's very interesting, the studies that have come out. And effectively, today, more CEOs are talking about bringing their people back to work. Uh, Most CEOs are talking about, hey, they have Zoom fatigue. I mean, Jamie Dimon said there was Zoom fatigue. The CEO of Zoom himself actually said, I think, in the last couple of days that he had Zoom fatigue. Right. So it is actually saying something that if you want to collaborate, innovate, build culture, the office is an important part of what you do. So I, I do think that there'll be a reversion to the mean long term. I think everyone's resolved to the fact that you got to come to work. The bigger issue is do you come to work five days a week or do you come to work three days a week? That's the bigger issue. There's no issue of not coming to a commonplace.
0: Why do you think the return to the office is going so slowly? I mean, vaccines have been out for months. Many people are already vaccinated.
1: I think it's, uh, you know, it's a tone from the top. You know, I think if the tone from the top said, you've got to start to come to work, I think people would come. I think people like to stretch the limits. But I do say that as vaccination has accelerated, it's becoming less of a concern about coming back to work. So, you know, in markets, uh, like in Florida, in Texas, people have started to return to work in droves. Our activity is very high in those markets. And I think in bigger cities, people are concerned with things like the cleanliness of the public transportation. So, but I do think that as people are vaccinated, those fears go away. And look, at the end of the day, we're now seeing the tone from the top that says that in the summer, whether it be May or June or July, We want to see a return to work of our colleagues. And I do think you're going to start to see a change in attitude.
0: So WeWork offices became famous in some ways just because they were really fun places to be. And the pandemic seems to have sucked the fun out of everything with all these rules we have to follow and masking and obviously for safety reasons. With that in mind, how are you planning to make WeWork fun again?
1: You know, we don't have to try very hard, to be perfectly honest, because our environments are very nice, one. Two is we provide flexibility, right? So no one wants to make really long-term commitments today because they don't know what the future of work holds. People want open plan offices today because they can keep them cleaner, there's lead clutter, there's good ventilation. So again, a lot of the things this company did pre-pandemic, is really what companies want to do post-pandemic.
0: Right, but is there going to be beer on tap and tequila shots?
1: Uh, You know, do you know me? No. Um, So, you know, again, we haven't had that in the United States at all. Uh, That's not what, you know, fun is not defined by those aspects to it. You know, I'm a, as I said, I'm 59 years old and I'm uber serious, and so maybe, maybe having an adult at the in the room will change that that aspect of it.
0: Well, Sandeep, thank you so much for your time today. Really enjoyed the conversation.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun.
0: That's all for today, Tuesday, May 11th. To hear my full conversation with Sandeep Mathrani and other interviews with people like Barry Jenkins, Mark Benioff, and Abby Wambach, you can join the Future of Everything Festival at foefestival.wsj.com. It runs through Thursday. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.